Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Call, the unscripted, unedited weekly conversation between Austin, John, and Hammer. Uh, this week on the call, we uh, touch on a lot of things. Um, most notably, Ammer shares about this crazy Bitcoin story, uh, yet to be confirmed whether it's true. Uh, <laughs> just kidding, I think it was true, but it, uh, it's a quite interesting story uh, with what he uh, almost did, as John points out. Uh, and then John actually shares about uh, some mental barriers he encounters when doing solo marathons, um, of which can be applied to a lot of different uh, adverse life events, which we hope that you can take something away from. Uh, for reference, this was recorded on December 8th, and uh, we really hope you enjoy. Cheers. Hey, boys, how are we doing this week? I am doing fantastic. Just entered exam season, so... Nice. I just ended exam season, so... <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I find exams so hilarious. It's uh, yeah. It's so so. I'm in philosophy, right? And I'm really like contemplating how unnatural it is for humans to meet specific deadlines. Like I'm just thinking, if you think about it from a biological perspective, um, our entire, you know, for the past you know hundred thousand years of existence, um, you know, as as a human species, even you know, going through that evolution slowly um we don't really have strict times it's just like oh the sun's almost down we should be back at camp and then we created you know clocks and you know time you know it exists but it's mostly a human construct and it's like oh you got to submit this essay by five o'clock you have to do this exam within two hours so it's very robotic and it just strikes me as universities are, are very much catered towards a sort of industrial type era. Uh, yeah, I think like uh, it's also a way to kind of separate people. Um, I'm, right. I, every year, every year I'm kind of surprised by how many people are at my university and that's just one university, right? Like, there is so many goddamn people that go to Concordia University. It is insane. Like there's, there's, I think there's like 48,000 students oh, at Concordia. Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, that's just one school, you know? And, and like you go to, you go to U of T, right? Yeah. 60,000 people here. Oh my God. Like there's a yeah. hundred thousand students. Yeah. And I get it's proportional, but like university is no longer like, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Or anything. Like, I tell just... both of you this. The only reason it hasn't changed and probably will never change, it's because it's a cash cow, man. It's just a cash making yeah. machine. Yeah, yeah, UFT yeah. reported $3.2 billion in <laughs> revenue last year. Nice, $3.2 nice. And in nice. the United States, the loans, the student loans are yeah. insured and guaranteed by the u.s government so you can't default on them yeah so it's just like an invincible debt that yeah. you just can't kill no matter what it just strikes yeah me as i a, i, was, I had a conversation with one of my teachers because um in this master's degree program there's like maybe nine to 15 people in every one of my classes yeah. uh it's a pretty small program and 
there's teachers for each class and the teachers that teach these classes have to be more qualified and thus they're more expensive for the university. So one professor told me um, that at the undergraduate level, the amount of money they make per student relative to the relative to the cost of the room and the salary of the professor is like 25 times higher than grad school because the Whoa. class size is so small yeah. and the professor is so much more expensive that yeah. like the profit and the money they're making off of masters and PhD students is like a frat. Like they make all their money at the undergraduate level, right? Yeah, yeah, Cause you yeah, fill yeah. an auditorium with 600 people and there's your, there's your money. Each one of those people, regardless of whether they're from Quebec, uh, outside of Quebec or international, the the school is all making a fixed rate that's either highly subsidized, somewhat subsidized, or completely no, no subsidization for the international students, and they're just mm -hmm. making like so much money. It's insane, and all the exams are multiple choice. Uh, you know, Scantron sheets. There's yes. minimal effort required from a mm -hmm. from a teaching and, and grading standpoint. Very it's a mechanical. really really hey, you know what? We're we're a we're a business podcast uh, for that sake. I mean, hey, re real good job universities, you know, making some oh, good yeah. money, great structure. <laughs> the, the, the potentially the most lucrative aspect of universities. I mean, the cash flow is great. Yeah. yeah. But the real estate that universities own is insane. Mm. Oh, mm. true actually. Yeah, I was thinking about that the other day like Concordia owns so much so many buildings downtown. Montreal and McGill as well. And I'm sure it's even bigger in Toronto. Toronto's real estate is even larger. So yeah. um, that's crazy. It, if you think about the service itself, I think universities is the only business where the customer assumes almost all of the risk with no yeah. money back guarantee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's such a great business model. Yeah. Like what? It's just it's so like deeply a, ingrained. If your customer's unsatisfied, the, the business owner gets to go, why don't you just look at yourself in the mirror? <laughs> and the clients are like, Oh my God, you're so right. I suck. <laughs> yeah. I, I read somewhere there's different levels to, to business and the final level that you can wish to reach with any product or service is this sort of religion, quote unquote, that you can gain from your customer base. So okay. you see that with Apple. Like when Steve Jobs died, people were crying and having murals. Right. Apple has achieved that quote unquote religion. Well, a cult following. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and then if you look at universities, you know, all of a sudden it's like your parents are judging you for not doing this thing, for not buying this service. Um, you're degraded in the you know the the job market by not having this thing it's it's just one of the greatest i think scams i think uh mortgages and universities are up there with you know and insurance in general you know top 3 scams of capitalism that i'm okay with cuz it's you know what i'm also a participant so <laughs> yeah i guess so but i mean i think i get that like the I don't think the universities are necessarily at that religion level because like, Oh, I, to I totally think it's like way beyond that. It's like second. It, yeah. It's kind of, it's hard to compare Apple to a university. It's kind of like comparing something like, it's Oh no, I know. Yeah. But the point I'm but making yeah, I, is I it's mean, so yeah, subconscious. That yeah. It's yeah. so deeply yeah. ingrained. And I, and I kind of, uh, I kind of like, I'm, I'm totally guilty of this by the way. And, and I'm, and I'm not, I don't want people to think I'm criticizing this at all. Uh, but but students that wear uh, schools merchandise or or, uh, or or sweaters or shirts or whatever, um, 
like a Concordia or a, or a JMSB hoodie that I, I own both of. Um, you know, like if you think about the irony of this, like I am a uh, university student and I pay a lot of money in tuition to be a university student. And um, I, you know, like other university students and like I'm doing on this podcast, I am complaining about the amount of money that uh, people pay for university and how it's uh, and how it's a different system and how like all the onus is on the is on the client or on the students. And yet all of these students uh, still want to like uh, be a part of this in group with other university students because there's some sort of like, I don't know, I, I believe that there's some sort of like in group when it comes to being a university student that signifies some sort of intelligence that they actually go to the extent of paying upwards of like $60 for a hmm. university embroidered uh, piece of clothing hmm. that they then get to wear in the university to mm. further prove that they're a part of the culture and they get to wear it out of the university to prove that they are there. Right. It's um, crazy, man. It, it's actually such a complex, like psychological thing where you're, you're, you're trying to complain about something that you really desire to associate yourself with. It's very strange. Um, well, hoodies are interesting in that sense because all hoodies for the most part, like, you know, maybe there's going to be fashion <laughs> people who watch this that are like fashionistas who are going to say, John, you're completely wrong on this. But as far as I know, all hoodies are relatively of the same quality in the same build. Like there's not, there's not a drastic difference. Like, like there's a massive difference between a low quality, like a uh, t-shirt and a high quality t-shirt, but hoodies mm-hmm. all be like that same kind of like just subpar quality. And it's yeah, like, what you it, it, unless it, you're like, I, I agree with you. you. I agree with you. Like I, I've admittedly like owned a very expensive hoodie that was like just noticeably better, but on the most part, unless you're willing to pay upwards of like, uh, I don't know, like probably 150 to $200 for a freaking hoodie. Uh, then it's going to be, if you're paying anywhere between like 40 to $80 for whatever it is that, yeah, I think you're right, John. It's nothing's different. It's just the logo on it. Well, where I was going with that, though, is it seems like the sole benefit of the hoodie um, is to show some sort of allegiance to something. Yeah, if yeah, you're wearing DC, you know, you're someone who fits in with, with the crowd of people who wear skates, skateboarding clothing. Yeah. If you're wearing a university hoodie, you're fitting yeah. in with university students. And, it, you know, it, you're, it's exactly what you said. You're a part of that in-group. You're a part of this group here. Yeah. Yeah, I see that totally. It's kind of strange. Yeah, so that's what I've been thinking of while while studying. And then, funny enough, while I'm procrastinating from studying, <laughs> I found myself just researching and learning other things. And it just strikes me as this extremely <laughs> unnatural <laughs> phenomenon. Um, like you're in university to learn stuff and then yeah, you're like, like so bored with learning that that you're man, going out on your own. To the, learn past, the past week while I'm studying, when I take study breaks, I, uh, I started actually reading thoroughly uh, the, the Quran. Um, the actual, you know, the quote unquote biblical text for Muslims, right? So um, I've always wondered a lot of things about about it and I never got a chance to like to go around and read it and now that I'm doing that it's just uh, really striking my curiosity and then all of a sudden I'm now interested in the 08 financial crisis and I'm now reading into that 
Um, so I'm just but finding myself. I think, uh, no, I think this is interesting because uh, I think this kind of touches on a, a really good saying that I, I, I've heard a lot and that I kind of like to use sometimes. It's called, or it's, it goes, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. Um, and the yeah. issue with that, because like, if you have like double the amount of things on the go at any given time, your interests are generally peaked and you're interested in also taking on more. And I find myself in that same boat, like the biggest, my biggest reading time of the semester, like I, uh, a couple weeks ago, John had shared with us this, uh, his top book list and I ordered four books off of it and they all arrived, um, the week mm. that I started like really studying and gearing up for a big end of semester push for school. And they were there and I really wanted to start reading them. And I also just had all this reading to do for school, but like, like you, Amir, like I, I kind of found that um, the more that I had on my plate, the more I was tempted in doing with school, the more I'd also try and like kind of cheat or subsidize my time with other reading. And so funny. And like, but if I, but if I had all the free time in the world, if literally I wasn't doing anything and I was kind of on vacation and the books showed up, I probably wouldn't have read them. No. Which books you know, did you order? I ordered how to win friends and influence people. Uh, I'm really, I'm, in, I'm on chat. Like I'm probably like a quarter of the way through it. It's really, really good. I'm really enjoying it. I also ordered um, the compound effect and set for life. Oh, set for life is good by Scott trench. Yeah. 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 So I'm going to read those. I have a lot of traveling to do in the next couple of weeks. So uh, a lot of time just sitting. So I'm going to try to get a lot of reading done, but, but yeah, I think this kind of touches on, um, this kind of touches on what we've all done with running businesses in school. And I wanted to kind of get towards this uh, conversation today because I had a few things to share there. Cause like, especially for Amber and I like John, I know you were in university at one point and then weren't cause you were doing this full time. Um, and you maybe are the exception to this rule because you have such a good sense of discipline. But um, <laughs> for Amber and I, like we were starting these businesses in university and like, a lot of the responses we were getting, Amory, I think you can speak to this too, is like, why would you do both? Or why would you do school and uh, business? Mm -hmm. And uh, I think that what's really cool about doing both is that it really, you know, you're really pushing yourself, but at the same time, you're not wasting any time, which I think is a huge thing that a lot of people our age are doing. And something that if I'm not occupied, if I don't have a lot of things on the go, I'm a really good time waster too. Mm. And uh, like you said, you're really busy with school now. Therefore, you're kind of tempted to start to do other stuff that's also entertaining and productive. Same thing kind of went for how we started doing this, right? I, I kind of see that like when I say, if you want something done, give it to a busy person. I really like that because it's very true, I find. If somebody is very lazy and doesn't have a lot on the go, and you ask them to do one very simple thing, typically it takes a lot longer than if somebody's just like, has their day running at Mach 10 and they're doing, they're extremely productive and they can get that one thing done for you so quickly. Oh dude. Yeah. No, it's, uh, it's kind of like a double-edged sword where it yeah, takes away time, it. but it also adds if you, if you do it properly. Yeah. It's kind of like uh, that economic theory that I shared about earlier that Jordan Peterson shared was that if, uh, um, to those that have more, more will be given to those that have less, more will be taken. 
Yeah. It's like a double-edged sword of if you have a lot of stuff going well for you, you're going to get a lot more stuff going well for you. If you have a lot of stuff going bad for you, you're going to get a whole lot more stuff going bad for you. So, Oh, totally. Man. This is, this is something that I, uh, you know, if we, if we don't mind going here, uh, a story uh, of something pretty crazy that I never really shared with many people because it didn't succeed, but it came so close to success. Uh, and I usually don't like to share you know, my failures, but this one has, uh, you know, studying through exams and then I studied through the financial crisis and like bubbles. And then I remembered the Bitcoin bubble. Um, you can say that it's okay. It's not really a bubble, blah, 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 whatever. Leave that in the comments. We'll, we can debate that. But, um, <laughs> 2017, when I signed up to run my first student works painting business, uh, I was, I was hopped up. I was on juice. I wanted just to make money. Um, I've never really tasted much money. So I was like, I want, I want to make money. And, and I saw Bitcoin as an opportunity, opportunity to exactly do that. And just some context, uh, between ages 16 and 18, I was so obsessed with finding a job and learning how to make money that I found myself networking with a plethora of individuals. So I remember one morning... It was, uh, it was the weekend and uh, I rolled out of bed and I was reading this article that was posted and it was talking about how the United States Marshals had seized uh, 3,000 or so Bitcoins from an illegal website in the, in the dark web and we're going to auction it off uh to the highest bidder so i got i got i got pretty excited and i came up with this plan and let me pull up <laughs> i gotta pull this up you guys will not believe this until this day i don't believe how this happened but i i, I think this speaks into uh something that i i'll, I'll leave to you so i said okay I was like really, really hopped up. I, I really saw this as an opportunity um, to make a big difference in like my life. Like I wanted to become a millionaire from this, uh, this, little, <laughs> this little opportunity. So immediately the next morning after like spending the entire day just thinking of things to do, um, I came up with this plan. Okay. So I'll give you some background. Um, the, the, the United States Marshal announced uh, 3,813 Bitcoins. And at the time, that was valued at $53.9 million. So if I wanted to win the auction, I needed around $54 million. <laughs> so I said, okay, I need to come up with $54 million. I don't have $54 million, but I'm sure, because uh, I went to a lot of uh, multi-level marketing conferences, with people who are extremely wealthy. Um, this was when I first met Chris Thompson. Um, I knew a couple of my friends whose dads were insanely wealthy. And I put together this list of 20 people who I've considered to be uh, of high net worth. So I put together this email, which I will send to you um, after for you to read, um, which I would actually describe as the greatest 
email that I've ever put together. It's the most detailed. It's the most convincing. I've, I think I've made 14 drafts of it. And um, I got to calling these people on my list and giving them a small script pitch uh, to how we were going to buy these Bitcoins below market value um, and then sell them at market value because the buy-in was so high at 54 million. We will not be competing with so many because it's kind of like a risk. Mm-hmm. But the idea was to buy it at 50 million, then sell it at a $4 million profit at market value at the time, take the 4 million and then spread it um, between people. So um, the request that I said at the end of my email um, was to the motion of this is confidential. Do not share this with anybody. Um, if you think that this is too good to be true, that's fine. We are not interested. However, if you are interested, um, the minimum amount that you can contribute to this fund, quote unquote fund, um, is $4 million USD. Okay. And boys, boys, I came up with this nine days before the day of the auction. Within four days, $200 million were waiting to be invested. One phone call to the next. I ended, my email ended up reaching, um, oh, I forgot the title of the lady, but she was like, I think the secretary for the UN. And it reached some Russian oligarch who's like in oil, who he himself said, I, will, I am interested and giving you 50 million of the 54 million. Um, and one of, one of Chris's friends led me to another guy who worked a part of a group. Wait, when did this happen? This happened. This is crazy. I know. This happened January 16th, um, 2018. 2018. Um, so within four days, I've raised $200 million. Now, why am I not a millionaire? Because even though the money was there, I did not have <laughs> I did not have a United States bank account with one of the big banks like JP Morgan to process that big of a transaction in a fast time. I did not have clearance from the SEC to conduct this investment. And uh, I was missing like three different types of regulatory licenses for me to absorb like a $50 million transaction. Um, and also like I was, I was ready to buy a plane ticket to New York to make this happen. But the wait times were so crazy that you needed like a month in advance, not four days. I uh-huh. called seven different banks and I ended up speaking with two VPs from different banks saying, Hey, look, we have a guaranteed $50 million transaction coming in. Uh, I would like to partner up with your bank to make this happen. And I sent them my information. It's like this 19 year old who's bringing money from Russia to bet on some Bitcoins. And I was like, I'm probably on some list somewhere, but by far that experience made me truly, 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 truly believe on how crazy, um, just the power of the mind was because for those four days, I cannot explain to you guys, it was just pure euphoria. 
I was making phone calls like you don't believe it. I was drafting emails like you don't believe. My follow-up was insane because, I'll tell you why, because the payoff and the reward was so astronomical. I was guaranteed, like if this was to go through, I would have made minimum $700,000 from this. And I made it clear in the, in the fine print that I was going to take a 20 to 25% profit taking from this transaction. So this state that I'm going to call it, this state that I was able to acquire is what allowed me when I came to StudentWorks to be like, hey, I want to set a crazy goal to, bait, to, to beat mm. the rookie record because, you know, a couple of months prior, this thing failed, you know. Um, and, and I just had to share it here uh, because it was just rattling my mind, this experience. And uh, I, I talked to people in Dubai. I talked to people in California. I got on the phone with somebody literally from Moscow, um, one from London. So all these people, I was able to really shake up uh, some high net worth individuals within a couple of days through just pure action and determinism. And um, yeah, I, I don't know what else to add. It's, a, it's an absolutely crazy story that went nowhere. And, and, and I know some people listening be like, oh, Amber, you're so stupid. You should have done your research on, uh, on what's, what's possible. But it's like, I really f found out about this nine days before the day of the auction. And uh, I was super, super optimistic. It was one of the best feelings I've ever felt. I remember waking up, like I would wake up at 9am, like on the dot, and I would just get straight to phone calls for like, th and like three hours would fly by. And I would not be hungry. I would not be thirsty. I didn't want to use the bathroom. All I wanted to do was just get on the phone. And all of a sudden, it made sense to me. Um, Warren Buffett had this quote that I never understood. And he's like, uh, find a job where you would like to tap dance to work. You know, you're just so excited to go and work. Um, so that's actually why I've chosen to leave the student works economy because it just didn't do that for me. Um, I wanted to pursue something that got like my blood pumping, that gave me this type of reaction and uh that put me in this state and it's easy to think like oh that's just that state is greed but no there was just something about being the best like winning that auction raising that astronomical amount of money which now in context after that was like a lot of people have a lot of money that they don't know what to do with right so it's not that much money given the market and the economy right but um yeah, I want to use my, my 20s to 30s to discover something that can get me close to that state of just pure euphoria. Because even though I'll get rejected, and people laughed at me. They're like, how old are you? What experience do you have? I, I didn't care. I just want to get on the next phone call. And it was, uh, it was really cool. So That's insane, man. I'm surprised you never told me about that. That's yeah, no, I, I've story. always... <laughs> I've always shunned away from telling the story for multiple reasons. The biggest it's also one is not realistic, right? I mean, yeah, I get, I get why you like, I totally it, get why you'd say that. Yeah. It just seems, yeah. Like it, it can seem like some way of me trying to like show Very off close. by making, <laughs> yeah. an, 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 you know, an absurd claim. 
I have the emails yeah. here and all the all the names of people and and whatnot. But uh, um, yeah, for that reason, I I didn't. But again, I just had to share it because it was just rattling in my mind this whole day. <laughs> <laughs> and really, it's just the the power of the mind is it's so crazy. Um, so I'm I'm just curious. You know, what do you, what do you guys thoughts on that? Like, do you guys have any any questions here? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess I'm just really curious to see this email, like how you convince these people to be so trusting and enrolled it from the get go as, you know, I guess that's my question, but I guess I'll see the email soon. So I guess I'll answer my question. Yeah. John. I mean, I don't really know what to say other than um, yeah. it's a story, but but nothing actually happened. So, nothing happened, exactly. So like, I don't want to be that guy and like shit on the end of this story, but uh, no, no. But John's right. Like that, that's that's <laughs> literally happened. why I don't. I, I try to avoid telling the story because yeah, nothing dude, would, happened. Honestly, straight up, man, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be a good friend here. Um, I would avoid telling that story. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Yeah. So I've been avoiding it's to tell like, the story uh, for so long. Yeah, I, this, I had this buddy who, um, <laughs> who was like, <laughs> like a, I mean, I'm not gonna tell the whole story because I, I don't. Well, one, I don't remember it, but the whole story was like how he like almost slept with this chick, <laughs> <laughs> and like the entire time that you were telling that story, I just, I just thought in the back of my mind of this buddy when I was in high school, like he was like told this whole story, and then at the very end, we're just like, wait, that's it? Like you didn't even sleep with her? Like, like. <laughs> so and so then i was like dude i wouldn't tell that story anymore i would just yeah <laughs> but, I, but I think it's a i think it's a great story for people that you know really well that you're sharing failures with or sharing austin like, where are close. you you sound like you're in the urinal what is I, happening I'm, I'm, austin, you sound i don't know like i don't have my mic i don't know maybe i don't know maybe my voice is i kind of have a cold but i don't have uh my my big fancy podcasting mic with me this week so no, I think your AirPods like disconnected. Oh yeah, does it sound really bad? Yeah, yeah. No, you just sound like you're in another room. But um, Amber, what uh, what, what did you get up to this week? So you know, like now um, that you're you're just focusing just on school now, like you're just gonna try and 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 get that out. What what's your day to day look like right now? Oh, um, I have my schedule. So tomorrow I have an exam in the morning. Um, I'm gonna be working on some papers. Um. And then we're going to be recording a podcast together next week, studying, studying, uh, lots of exams and stuff. So just focusing on on school. And then right when December 15th hits, uh, I'm going to meet with my business partner for the next business. And we're going to set together uh, a plan. And I'm just so excited for um, this week to pass by to finish all these little pesky exams and papers and um just get get going on on this new business i've you know never actually started a business from scratch so this is i mean this is so such new territory i just can't wait to get results uh like like even the result is failure i just need data man like now i know that i can thrive inside a systematic culture that's like been thriving for 40 years can I build my own culture and system? So I'm just so curious. I'm, I'm, I'm so, so hungry to see that data. Like, okay, am I actually 
an entrepreneur or am I a great franchise owner? Am yeah. I, yeah. am I a good business owner or am I a really good salesperson who happened to also sell my employees on a great vision? Yeah. What are my strengths? Yeah. So that's what I'm just so curious to find because I, I know um, I'm young. Yes, I have achieved some amount of things, but I also know that I don't want that to get in the way of ego because ego can make me go, you know, blind and it'll start, I'll start thinking myself differently. So I'm putting all that aside, assuming nothing. And with this new business, I'm just excited to extract data about who I am. And um, if that means failure, then why did I fail? Oh, it's because of this and this. Okay, so let's try it again. Let's try it again. Because I know I found what my calling. I w- I'm going to be a business owner one way or another, whether if I'm running a franchise, running a car wash, a gas station, an insurance company, a law firm. I'm going to be owning some sort of business um, that has a service or a product. I know that for sure. But what is it? What are my strengths? Yeah. So that's, that's, what I'm, that's what I'm investigating. And that's why I'm really excited for this next week to go by um, so we can start laying the foundations. That's great, man. I'm excited for you. I'm really excited to hear how this goes too because we've spoken a lot uh, off of here about what that is and what the goals are. And so I'm super excited to see how you go about doing that. Oh, um, man, yeah. What about you, John? How's your week looking like next week? Well, I have a couple. Yeah, same thing. Um, like I'm, I'm going to prove at the end of the week on on the Sunday. So, looking forward to that. Um, during the week, I mean, I pretty much do the same thing every single day. So, you well, know, I mean, like I look forward <laughs> to each day equally in that sense. <laughs> nice. Um, I have a couple, like I, um, I actually just recently incorporated. Oh, nice. So, Oh, you took my advice. Thank you. Yeah. I, um, I decided that it could potentially be the best move. Yeah. Tax that 40% doesn't sound very attractive. Yeah. 43.7% in BC. <sighs> I'm going to get taxed 13%, man. 13 yeah, I think in BC the the corporate tax rate's like eleven point five percent. Yeah, so that's even better than here, man. Yeah. yeah. So um, as long as the Canadian government's concerned, this year I made no money, and that's the way I like it. Well, really? if well, it's oh, it's personally. Yeah, personally. Personally, exactly. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I was going to clarify that. Yeah. Um, yeah so um, that's new. Um, so I have like a couple of different meetings that I have to kind of kind of finalize a couple of things, you know, kind of get my bank accounts organized, mm. um, meet with my financial advisor and, and kind of make a some contributions to my account that way. Mm. So I can get, you know, it's interesting. So I made um, 70% more money than I made last year. Mm. And I'm paying $2,000 less in taxes this year. Yeah. How? What's incorporating? No, no, actually just through strategic write-offs and as well as RRSP contributions, that, mostly the RRSP contributions. Mm. Interesting, because they're deductible. Yeah. But, but if you take the this. money outside of your RRSP, it's going to get taxed anyways. Yes, but think about this, um, at least because I'm going to be purchasing a personal residence next year. Oh, you can use RRSP. As yeah, the the yeah, the first 35000 But get this though. Um, j- just from an absolute like 
just like think about this. So my marginal tax rate is 43.7%, meaning as for every dollar that I invest in my RR, right? Because I'm not incorporated. Next year, I won't have that marginal tax rate because I just I'll pay myself a way lower sum. Mm. Yeah. So obviously, I don't have a choice of how much I pay myself. But I'm making 43.7% right off the top for every dollar I invest without any. <laughs> I know. It's yeah, why just just by not having to pay taxes. Yeah. Uh, it's crazy on that because it's it's just a, it's it's essentially a tax write off. They use that towards a down payment next year, so it's like an absolute win win for someone in my position. Yeah, I, I think you cut off a couple there. I think the Wi Fi is uh, essentially I, I'm getting a forty three point seven percent return on investment by putting money into my RRSP, and I still get not getting tax down payment. Yeah, that's incredible, man. Reducing my tax earnings because my marginal tax rate is so high. Yeah, I know it's 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 ridiculous. If you hire a good tax person, a good accountant, you're a good lawyer to set up your corporation. I mean, the the benefits are. Pretty how much great. did it cost you, by the way? I'm just I just out of curiosity. Um, how much did it cost you to incorporate? Two thousand uh, dollars. Was that the lawyer and the accounting fee? Everything. Interesting. Okay. Yeah, it was a good deal, but I I, I still remember like the uh, I went downtown Toronto fancy office guy in a fancy suit um secretary offered like boss water great yeah. view pampered me up properly definitely like treats me like he wants to have me as a client for the rest of his life young guy very smart i mean it's it was it was it felt really cool <laughs> yeah my guy was similar um yeah, young, young, younger guy, like for a lawyer. I think he was like, yeah, like, you know, maybe like early 30s, maybe late 20s. Yeah. And yeah, he actually, it was really, I'm glad that I, I went and used him. He gave me some really practical advice. Like he gave me like an hour and a half of his time. Just like, oh, dude, advice. I was with him for like, yeah, like two hours. It was crazy. Yeah, I was like, actually kind of, I was like blown away by actually how generous he was with his time. Cause you know, obviously lawyers, they, they yeah. usually, the hour, his, but his rate was $430 an hour. Yeah, yeah. So luckily, I was not paying hourly. I was just paying for a corporate package. Mm -hmm. just, there was a flat fee to incorporate. Nice. And uh, yeah. So, um, and then I'm off to Peru. So I'm looking forward to that. Peru. What is, What does John Morgan do on vacation? Like, what do you do? Why is that different? Why even go on vacation? Well, uh, it wasn't my idea. So th there, <laughs> there's the John Morgan component to that. Okay, cool. Because <laughs> I think but, we're we're similar. Like I don't like vacationing. It just seems I don't know. I just don't understand it. Yeah, I like Toronto. I to close my eyes. So <laughs> yeah, we talked about this before. Just close your eyes. You're already vacationing. Yeah, someone's <laughs> like, oh, I I want to be in. Uh, I want to relax in Mexico. I'm like, I'll just relax in Kelowna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's so true. So yeah, like, um, this is your girlfriend's idea. idea? Um, well, no, uh, well, yes, but so her, her family's from Peru, like her mother oh, yes. born in Peru. So we're actually gonna go live with her family in Peru. So I've actually never been out of North America. The farthest I've been is, uh, my, uh, like Miami area. Nice. Spent, uh, in Mexico, of course. Um, so it, it's a great opportunity. I mean, the trip's going to cost me next to nothing because it's just the flights and there's like an excursion that we're going to go on and, and whatnot. And it's a very favorable exchange rate so cool what are we gonna do i'm not sure because everyone i'm living with while i'm there doesn't speak english um i'm the only oh. 
English speaking person other than my girlfriend. And of course, I guess her mother, but everyone's Spanish only. So wow. that will be interesting. I'm actually looking forward to that because it'll be the, for the first time in my life, I won't be able to use what I think is my greatest strength, which is my ability to speak and persuade and kind of my salesmanship, my charisma. Yeah, dude, I, uh, what I was going to say is I think the most famous philosophers um, have reached a sort of transcendence, like even all, like all the, the three Abrahamic religions, all their prophets as well, have all reached their, you know, their transcendence when they've traveled and have done a lot of walking and so all of a sudden they get this revelation. So go on a, a bunch of walks. That's what I'll I probably say. go for runs. That's there's <laughs> no doubt about that. There's no way I'm not going to run for two weeks. Oh, it's two weeks, 14 days. Wow. Okay. 17 days. Yeah. Seven. Wow. Okay. Here we go. I don't know. I would, um, I would take something that you've always wanted to do. And then out of pure boredom, you're just going to do it. So I don't know. Like t- if you take a Rubik's cube, you'll just learn how to solve it or yeah i'll yeah we'll see take take a really boring book down there um okay another little side note is my running has has been increasing actually quite well so right now i'm comfortably running 6k in 30 minutes on a treadmill and i'm doing that daily 6k in 30 minutes for people who do not run how can you that's five minutes per kilometer Oh, you run a kilometer in five minutes? Yeah. For, and I do that for 30 minutes. And that's been, my, uh, that's been my daily run. Okay, hold on. One kilometer. That's a thousand meters. Okay, but how many steps is that? <laughs> Amber's literally never ran in his life. Amber's like, how far out, like, how, is a kilometer? What, what is a kilometer? Yeah, what's a kilometer? You could probably type in on Google, how far is 7K from where I am now? And it would give you an idea of maybe like how far of a run that is. But yeah. it's not very far. I mean, 7K is, or sorry, 6K is not very long. Um, it's, it's pretty, pretty fun. But in saying this, I kind of have a new goal for next year. So there's a, um, there's a 100 kilometer run. In, in September that I want to do. Okay. So that's like just over two marathons. Yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't run the entire thing. What do you mean? Like you would uh, walk. Like you, yeah. It's um, you have like I think it's like seventy-two hours. I have to look into it, but I know that it whatever the time limit is, you just got. So you're getting it. into ultra marathoning though. Jesus. This is that's I don't know if that's considered an ultra marathon. I think I anything over a marathon is considered ultra marathoning. Oh, well, I didn't know that. Yeah. But, but I thought that, um, I thought that it would be a worthy challenge. Cause you know, I, I'm going to try and increase my business so much as like, you know, I might as well, might as well try and increase my running ability. Cause last year I ran a marathon or this year, sorry. So yeah. next year, I think I want to try and run a hundred K. Oh my, a kilometer. That's like, so for people in Toronto, that, that's like running from the CN Tower to Rebel in five minutes. That's crazy. The Rebel is like a nightclub. I ever had to like break it down in like the most Torontonian way possible. Like, yeah, that's like running from my favorite nightclub to the CN Tower. That's crazy, bro. <laughs> it is like, crazy. Yeah. In five minutes? I think the Uber drivers take like 10. Yeah. 
Wow. Yeah, five five minute kilometers aren't easy. I remember when I was um I got really into running for a bit, uh for about a period of a year uh when I uh, underwent my weight loss and I was doing like the first kilometer of a run, I was averaging five kilometers, maybe the second one, but then after that it was around six or seven and then probably up in the eight or nine towards the end of the run. So uh holding wow. that constant is, is crazy, John. But hold on, I, I want to just like not not that I'm trying to like, well no, I'm definitely trying to pipe myself up a little bit. I said comfortably, like so like that I could definitely run much faster. Yeah, like yeah, I'm yeah. saying comfortably. No, I said, not, like today I hopped on the treadmill and afterwards, you know, I'm getting off and there's you know hardly a sweat, you know, nose breathing the entire time, you know, listening to a podcast. Like it's it's very casual. It's this isn't an intense run. Whoa, so you can yeah. run faster. Yeah. Matter of fact, the other day I was holding, um, it was actually pretty, so not only was I running five minute kilometers, um, but in the last four minutes, I also ran one kilometer. So that's basically, uh, like it's, it's a pretty good sprint. It's a pretty, it's a pretty solid sprint for four minutes. Right. The end of a run. Wow. I, I, I've not worked out really improved, man. And it's just daily though. Cause every day without exception, I'm running that, that, um, that six K. No, I haven't, I haven't worked out in a week because I was like sick with the flu and I read somewhere that you shouldn't exercise if you're sick, like and have a cold or something. Yeah. You know, your nose runs a little bit, but, but, uh, you know, the girls around you get a little disgusted. Like I remember when I was running my, uh, my marathon, I, uh, at the, at the very end when I was running up to the Starbucks, which was like the end point, I, uh, had just so much snot in my nose and I just, and I was like shirtless at this point. And I just took my nose and just like blew it all over my chest. <laughs> what? That's disgusting. Like, what are you doing? Because I do know I, I couldn't even like, it was just so crazy. And I was like right in front of this family. It was just so disgusting. Oh, they were just, like, it's like, like they don't even know what I, they don't even know that like, cause it wasn't like an official marathon. So there's just this dude who runs up with like these, like, you know, like those really like badass like running like glasses. I want to call them badass. Run a real marathon? Pardon me? Oh, I thought you, the I thought the marathon you ran before Dude, banquet I'm not was like winning and running a marathon with like 150 other people. Like I just I mapped out 42k and I ran it. Oh, I don't need no, I don't need any of that ego. I just I just wanted to run that 42. That was it. Wow, 42.2. I actually even I I actually did 43 just to be safe because I, I figured like, you know, you like you don't know like sometimes Google Maps could be a little wrong. So. Okay, hold on. Let me see here. Wait, how, how many kilometers? Forty. I, well, I I did forty three. You did forty three kilometers. Okay. Let's see what Dude, that is. You run. Yeah, solo marathoning is so crazy to me. Like I have such a increased performance what? effect when running when people are watching me. Like no doing man it solo. I was that's insane. So yeah. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. I'll just draw this into context again. So 43 kilometers is is John basically running from the CN Tower to Scarborough and back, which is insane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you know the Scarborough. Hold on, hold on. One thing I want to mention to you, again, I'm just going to keep – Well, nobody keep ever has a reason to run to Scarborough. Um, <laughs> I ran it, I ran it um, in Gibson Sunshine Coast and – if if you if, if, i mean this is on the west coast so you're not gonna know what this is but essentially it's uphill downhill the entire way like you're always running in an incline 
Oh my God. There was one hill that took me 45 minutes to run up. Oh, wait. How, was, so how long did this take you? It shows here. Four hours. Four, four hours. So to walk from downtown CN Tower to Scarborough, it takes four hours, 43 minutes, and it's 22 kilometers. So, wow. So that's, it's like, it would have taken him approximately nine to 10 hours to walk. Well, the whole thing. Yeah, it was a good run, man. I remember, uh, actually, funny enough, there's a little side story here. So my, um, at the halfway mark, because like, I knew the exact point where like, I had to like, get to. And that was the halfway point. And it was, this, it was this Tim Hortons. And I had to shit so bad. Like, I actually, at one point, I figured to myself, there's, uh, there's two things that are going to happen here. Either one, I'm just going to like, just shit my pants. And <laughs> Keep I'm running? Continue to run. Because there's no way I'm going into, I'm not going to run into a Tim. Can you imagine you're just sitting there having your morning coffee and just some guy just runs in with these badass glasses on and he's got shit running down his <laughs> Oh man. Can we then, title this episode like 200 million and poop or something? So either way, um, I, I made it. Sweaty poop. Time. But I remember sitting down and it just like basically just pissed out my ass it was just so brutal oh oh so you ran into the tim hortons and used the bathroom and then left yeah and then and then i just i just ran i just continued running at that point you're so intense man it's it's just crazy yeah very robotic (laughs) yeah it was pretty good that's hilarious oh man well do you guys have anything else um yeah i was was gonna uh i was just gonna share about uh my week because you guys didn't ask me so I was oh yes true <laughs> yes sorry man i'm just no, so no, enraptured no. by john and his john shitting himself when running a marathon. no i didn't shit myself that was he the yeah, okay. yeah, no, no, yeah. but he I was didn't. okay with it if he did so and i find that just so boss no 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 hold on no no whoa there's no other no there's no there's not like if i didn't want to be okay with it it was still gonna happen like <laughs> it wasn't oh okay true i had because i had 20 i had 22k to run back so there yeah mm. there's motivation i, to I, I wasn't running a straight account. line i was running there and then back so i had 22k to get back to where i needed to be which is yeah. two hours yeah i had to, i so um, thankfully i didn't i didn't shit my pants and another run was shit in my pants amazing <laughs> yeah there you go yeah, so like what's, the, what's the lesson here no hold on i want to what's the lesson here john <laughs> um if you need to shit your pants. No, stop with the, with the poop, okay, man. Okay. Just relax. Okay, okay. Well, I will say this. At one point in time, I probably had about, I think I had about, oh, I don't remember the exact K anymore. It was, let's say about 15 kilometers left. And I remember being in like immense pain. It was right after that hill. After I ran that 45 minute hill, because I was so cocky at the halfway mark. Like I was barely even tired. At the halfway mark, I was like, whatever. Like, this is a breeze. Like, I was thinking to myself, fuck, I might run this twice. Like, yep. you know, I, mean? I, I was so cocky at the halfway mark. But after that hill on the way back, because I ran the hill on the way down, take in mind, right? Oh, that, yeah, yeah. After that 45-minute climb, I got to the top, and I, I walked for, like, five minutes. And I was like, like, shit, like, you're fucking tired. Now, I wasn't worried about the tired part because um, one thing that, like, people who are non-runners 
may struggle to understand is that you actually recover your cardio extremely quickly if you're if you're actually in good shape. So you can go from like I can go from a full sprint to just going down to like a slow jog, and I can recover to the point my heart rate will recover. Yeah, like you, yeah. The cardio oh, is not the end. That's of the world. impressive. But okay. well, anybody who I mean, it doesn't it doesn't take very much running to really get to the point where you can recharge. But yeah, no, I didn't know. That. But in saying this. I had 15 kilometers to go and I was like, shit, like I'm in so much pain right now. Like I remember every step was just like, it was pretty painful. That hill just really destroyed my knees really, which is why oh. now I do a lot of weightlifting with my legs. Like I try, I really try and build the muscles. That was one lesson, but nice. I was like, well, I have 15 kilometers to go. And it's like, I could phone my girlfriend right now and tell her that I quit, but that ain't happening. Cause I, I, I told way too many people that I was going to run this marathon that I couldn't quit. Mm. But so maybe that's a lesson. Tell people that you're going to do something and actually, you know, use that as a way of doing it. Don't be that guy who quits. But nice. my logic was this. If I walk, it's only, I'm only going to be in pain for longer because once I stop running and I sit in my car, I think that I'll just kind of recover really quickly. But every, if I walk this, I'm going to be in pain for like the next like two hours. But if I run this and I run fast, I'm only going to be in pain for another about like maybe an hour. What do you mean? How does that make sense? Because if I, if I sprint to the finish, essentially if that last 15K, I think I made up more time than I did the rest of the race. Because the rest oh. of the race, I was really pacing myself. But the last 15 kilometers, I was like, you know what? I'm going to try and just really give haul ass on this because, oh. because I was like, I just want the pain in the end. But if I run this, I'll be in less pain time-wise. Mm. It hurt just as much to run as it did to walk, essentially. Okay. You're okay. That so – Made sense. You know, when it comes to running your business, don't run a hundred K business, run the 500 K either way. It sucks, man. Either way. It, it, you know, it hurts. Hey, true. True. That was, that was good. That made sense. Run. Don't walk. Nice. Austin, That's how really was your week, to... man? Try uh, to follow that up, baby. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Uh, well, no, no, no. following the trend, like my upcoming week, uh, is actually really fun. I'm, uh, like John, also leaving on a trip, except I'm gone for twice as long. I'm gone for a full month. Ooh, where um, are you going? Spain, Germany, Czech Republic, and Poland. What? Are you going um, alone? No, I'm going with five other friends. So it's uh, oh, the like lads, the, your buddies, or yeah. So um, we all grew up uh, all playing hockey together, all big hockey fans, and uh, every year we always watch this. Uh, it's called the World Junior Hockey Championship. I don't know if you guys are familiar with it, but it's essentially an international hockey tournament for all players under 20 years old. So it's a, it's, it's, it kind of indirectly becomes an NHL draft showcase because this becomes like a showcase for the, you know, interna uh, talent on an international level for all players under is 20 years Is this the IIHF? Yes, it is. Yeah, mm. yeah I always watch that. It's good. It was in uh, BC last year too, um, the tournament. But this year it's in Ostrava, Czech Republic. So one of my friends is already studying abroad in Spain. And and I mentioned, you know, like I will have a couple weeks off in December. So why don't I just come join you and, and we'll go, we'll catch a cheap flight over to Prague and we'll bus to Ostrava and watch the little juniors. And over the coming months, like four other guys just joined us and uh, all guys that these are all guys that I've gone to elementary school with. And we've all been friends since we were, you know, four or five years old. So nice, uh, pretty cool to be able to do this. 
uh, and I'll have the time and I'll have the availability line up. And uh, I've like John, I've never been outside of North America either. And wow, I've never been crazy. to Europe before. So uh, I am so stoked to go on this trip uh, just for a means of exploration. And I'm really fascinated by, I'm really looking forward to the cuisine and the different culture. Uh, I think I spoke about this earlier, but when we were talking, we did a few episodes surrounding like consumer behavior and perceptual fluency and all that stuff. But, uh, you know, just seeing all the different types of products, foods and, and uh, maybe just the marketing loser coming out of me, but I, I, I really enjoyed traveling to different cultures and seeing that. And, yeah. Um, everything's so new and, and seeing on a different country basis how things change because you're going to four different countries. So really, really excited for that. And I fly out on Wednesday. I think by the time this gets, yeah, this by the time Wednesday. this episode, yeah, uh, December 11th. So by the, time, by the time this episode comes out, I will have just gotten back, I think from this trip so mm. um if i must if if i'm still if this podcast is still going on it means i'll survive the trip so that's good. oh my god uh, no but it's that. gonna be fun no no <laughs> no it's gonna be fun and um I, on another note i just also before recording this podcast the reason i was late jumping on was um i have started this thing i'm really excited about this coming year um like Imer said, he's not lo- no longer with Student Works, but John and I am, and uh, I've decided to uh, become a mini district manager. So I'm coaching like a few people while running my own business again with my production manager from last year. Is like a we're both running it uh, as partners, and so I'm coaching five other people, and um, pretty small team for what a DM's usually taking on. But I've started this thing where um, to kind of you know, live up to my own word as a co-host on the weekly call. Uh, I've started my own weekly call with my small team that Mm. has, that has like, you know, I'm thinking it might not be something that's feasible for a full-time district manager with upwards of 15, 20 operators on their team to do, but it definitely is possible. Uh, But because we're a small group of uh, new young business owners, it's, it's such a cool atmosphere on the phone. You know, there's anywhere from like uh, 19 to 24 years old, all these people. And uh, they're all going to be first time business owners in 2020. And, uh, you know, I just started this weekly call and um, we've been talking about ways they can go about generating passive sources of leads over the Christmas holidays, making sure their family is totally aware of everything they're going to be doing in 2020 and all these things that you can do leading into January training and all that stuff that you guys are both aware of. But just the general consensus on these phone calls is that I have a group of really, you know, five really strong people that I'm going to be having the privilege to coach next year. And while in full-time grad school, and uh, it just kind of clicked with me on the phone tonight that like, you know, I'm super, I'm just super happy with where I am uh, with both at like school and with this, uh, my relationship with student works at having the ability to kind of consult and coach on, on new business owners while at the same time being able to maintain my own local business and also be getting a, uh, obtaining a master's degree at the same time. It, it's, it's, uh, and, and also, you know, this trip I'm really looking forward to as well. And it's just, um, I'm just really happy with where I'm at. And I've just been mm-hmm. looking back on 2019 and uh, you know, really happy with what I was able to accomplish there. I think we all are. And, um, I think that honestly, this call, this podcast, this whole thing we've created has really, really been a, a variable in that, you know, like, uh, 
I, I love my friends to death and I'm going to be going to Europe with them for uh, a month. But um, I, I don't think they blame me for saying that I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't be able to have these types of conversations with them. I wouldn't be able to hold myself accountable with them the way I do with you guys. And I wouldn't be able to have that type of critical accountability coaching and, and kind of accountability betting as we did one time. But just having those types of critical conversations about perspective, mindset, all that type of stuff, like those are just types of things that I wouldn't be able to do with people that I really enjoy spending time with on a personal level. So I'm really just reflecting back on 2019 and using it as a means to look forward to 2020 as well. But just the main theme is the addition that I made in my life for 2019 was primarily this group of three people. And it, really really helped me out and uh i've seen the direct benefits of it so wanted to thank you guys and i I assume that you guys have seen a few possibly a few similar results in that regard hey man thank dude thank you for the kind words i share the exact same feelings yeah there's just uh nothing nothing there's no one i'd rather be talking with on a sunday night and you guys, right? It just—it's a great priming method. Get me back uh, where I need to be. Mm-hmm. And uh, dude, this yeah. is like this is a good moment for me. So currently, you guys are just making me feel all emotional because this is awesome. And my girlfriend's like sneaking out of the shower, so she's like nude just over here. <laughs> so like, I, I this is like the best of all worlds, man. Like I wasn't even expecting that. Like she's just over here, right? You know. So like, this is a good moment, man. <laughs> Oh my that god! That is the most John Morgan comment I've ever heard. <laughs> John's oh like, yeah, I mean, like at the end of the day, you guys are making me feel great, and my girlfriend's also just happening to be naked in front of me, so that's awesome. Yeah. Mm. Well, no, she uh, now. she's all okay. embarrassed. But, uh, yeah. Classic. Um, no, well, for think- uh, for great for friendship and nude women, cheers to that, boy. <laughs> no, I'll say this: um, how this is, I think, this is benefiting me is that. <laughs> no, I, this has held me a, a really accountable to the person that I say I want to be. And that in itself is just invaluable because when I come on here and, you know, I say, here's how I'm living my life. Here's how I want to continue to live life. Here's the principles that I live by quite quickly. Our viewers will know if I'm full of shit. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Am I that guy that who too. has a philosophy that I'm living by week by week? Or am I the John Morgan that, you know, every single time you listen to this podcast, you know, you, you, you'll know when I'm talking, you'll know when I'm talking about what is my life, right? You'll be like, oh yeah, yeah. John, this is what he does, right? Yeah. Not, uh, I don't want to be, I actually wrote an article about this like a, long, a while back and it was about like self-help junkies about how the life philosophy of someone that you're talking to a lot of times you can just walk down to your local bookstore, you know, look at the edge of the uh, bookshelf and then you'll have the top 20 books that are selling and you'll spot which book it is that they read last week. And that's what they're reading yeah. by. Yeah. And yeah. this, this has really held me accountable to the philosophies that, you know, cause I've read a lot of books and at this point I've determined a couple that I, you know, I really want to live by. And this has helped me realize my potential in that area. Yeah, yeah, man. It's incredible. I, I now want to live another reason to live an extraordinary life because I need to provide content for this, uh, for this <laughs> podcast. So it's so funny in that way yeah. where I want to go out there and do these great things for the sake of my the betterment of myself. 
But now it's like, no, we have this thing where people are, are listening in and we're kind of this living, breathing, you know, call it a little experiment of it's like, okay, you yeah, have these and I successful think that, like, entrepreneurs. So when episode one, here. Mm. go ahead. No, no, no. Episode one, go ahead. Yeah. From like episode one to episode 1000, it's like, oh, like have they actually practiced what they preached? Did they yeah. walk the walk? Yep. Yeah, I think, uh, I don't know what you guys are looking to really get as a tangible outcome from having done this as a podcast, uh, but something that I would really like to, uh, to, to say that I could have created in doing this is, is, is building the value and and making people realize the importance of, of making their own weekly call. Uh, like, with with regards to anything you know like it just so happens that john ammer and i did it this summer as a means to be accountable in the operation and growing of our business but it's very likely that if john and i were and john ammer and i uh had different life paths or somehow we're crossing paths at different points in starting our lives we'd be having a weekly call about how to how to maintain a great marriage or how to mm uh how to maintain a really good work relationship with your boss how to uh how to maintain a really good physical shape uh if you're somebody that's struggling with any of those things or not even you know like that's the other conception is you really don't even need to be struggling in something to be seeking out a, a, a source of material for a weekly call it's just like something that you're looking to really improve in and make like the focal point of your success for a given time period is like surrounding yourself with like-minded people that can share their best practices on a weekly basis and provide critical coaching for you at every step is like such an asset. And the real virtue of this setup, I think, is that there's no hierarchy and there's no system of, um, of, of uh, like, it's just, I think that's just it. There's no hierarchy. So it's not like a coaching relationship necessarily where it's always a one way down. It's, it's not, it's like a directional relationship with the information. It's so bi-directional and so two ways that yeah, bi-conditionally. Yeah. yeah, it really, it really creates for, uh, it really makes for just a great sharing atmosphere and, and improvement atmosphere. And, and, you know, I've spoken to one person already that has even scheduled, like they've just started their own little call and I'm like, wow, isn't that just crazy you know that well just the one person yes. that we've started this with um it's, it's, it's interesting we've kind of see. built the need and, and and provided sorry austin you good john what are we gonna say i think, oh, uh, uh, I think um, austin, austin like no oh, is, uh, oh okay no, I'm um, sorry yeah all i was gonna say was was that well, because Austin was saying how other people, at least one person he was talking to, is also doing this weekly call, and I think that ultimately, what I would have uh, another takeaway that I've had from this weekly call is that really what it is that I want with the rest of my relationships and is more conversations like this, more relationships like this. Uh, I was re-listening to one of the podcasts that we released. Um, I guess I, I don't know exactly where we're at with, with the episodes. I don't, I don't handle that. That's Austin, but it was the episode where we were talking about um, the follow-up of our, of our uh, weekly oh, bet. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. we were talking about how Austin had felt like during that week that we made the bet, he, he, he was really accountable. And, you know, when someone asked him to go for beer, he said, well, no, 
like I'm doing this bad. And his friend's like, Oh yeah, that's super cool. Okay. No worries. We'll go another time. And I kind of made the comment of like, well, yeah. Why, why, like, why is it, why, why is it, like, it acceptable only if it's on a limited time basis? Yeah. yeah. Why, why is it so? <laughs> yeah. I remember that. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, I, I'm having conversations like this with you guys where we're all able to be authentic. There's no hierarchy. There's no ego. There's just, there's just us talking. Right. And, and we're just trying to sharing about our lives and we're just telling stories and yeah. some are good, some are bad. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> this is a great episode. I love this. And, uh, <laughs> But, 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 but I've been seeking more relationships like this where I can kind of break down the bullshit of the, mm-hmm. of the conversation, right? And, and, mm-hmm. and doing things that I actually want to do. Like I actually genuinely like doing this every Sunday. I make the time for it and I mm. really do this. There's a lot of conversations. I just, I'm not being authentic with the person in the sense that I don't even want to actually talk to this person. Like I'm just, I'm really almost feeling a social obligation. And damn true. Yeah. I actually told, I actually had a conversation that with one of my buddies over brunch, I told him how I wasn't really being fair to him because like this entire time, we don't really have the closest relationship. And I've always been telling other people, Oh, well, you know, here's all these reasons why we don't have a close relationship. But the real reason why is because uh, my ego is in the way I was trying to be competitive with him. I didn't want to have to look up to him. I didn't want to have to, um, admit that he had a little bit more success than I have and that he would be the one that would be driving the conversation towards the advice for me, mm, which is just a ridiculous concept. Yeah, no, but it's, it's really cool that you're able to call yourself up with that. Cause I think a lot of people do that and are only unable to self-reflect at that level. Mm. Yeah, no, it's, uh, <laughs> sorry, I don't know why my lights came off or everyone. I, can't, I couldn't hold myself. I, I couldn't hold myself. Why. So for the guys, for people listening, John's lights just went out. <laughs> I don't know, it just looks so funny. Um, but yeah, so I, I basically just like confessed this to him that that I wasn't being authentic with him, and that that basically I wanted to, I wanted our relationship to improve. So, man, yeah, That's I can't great. wait. Next episode, right away, I want to jump in. What you got away from Landmark? Because it sounds well, like yeah, there's, there's that's something there. That's right a, that's there. a that's a little teaser. So um boys i i gotta get back to studying uh, yeah, I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm gonna go crush this exam or reading about the market crash either one Whichever. i gotta make dinner for my girlfriend who is studying so i'm that one okay. guy who's not but my girlfriend is grinding like you guys are okay. i love it man you're a good man you're a good boyfriend so. all right see you guys thanks so much boys Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in this week. We really hope you enjoyed the podcast. As usual, you can reach us directly at theweeklycallpod at gmail.com or at theweeklycallpod on Instagram to keep up to date with any upcoming episodes, content, and guest interviews. Thanks so much for listening and we'll see you next week. Cheers.